Welcome, welcome everybody to another workshop in the kiln. Today, we're going to be talking about a very interesting, at least I find interesting topic of dialing in our controls as a dungeon master or even as a player. This works for both. It's been a ton of fun in the kiln lately. We've been working on the Roll and Forge uh, community project, doing a ton of tables, and we've made a ton of progress over, what, three weeks or so? I think we may have to take a small break just to kind of recover because tables are pretty intensive, but that's okay. There's plenty of time to keep working on that. But if you haven't had a chance to jump in and contribute to the community project, highly recommend that you do so. We love all the voices that are helping and if we all chip in, uh, it'll make light work of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of listings that we are compiling to then release for the ICRPG community at large to expand the table section. But that's community project. Here is the workshop. So let's, let me introduce what I want to kind of want to talk about and where this idea came from of dialing in our controls. This concept actually came from my fencing experience. This is a, this is a technique, uh, a process that I have actually used with my own fencing students to help them understand how they can continue developing their own fencing skills. It's more of a, just a visual metaphor or analogy, I don't know what kind of tool this is, a, a, a tool to visualize skills and understanding what spaces you are you excel at, what spaces you're okay at, what spaces that you're, you know, so-so on, and what, what kind of areas you can improve on. But let me, let me talk you through it. Essentially, I have uh, an image um, that I've shared across the kiln. And I'm probably going to be doing a live stream about this later this week uh, to also kind of showcase how this works in, in real time. But essentially the concept is, is that you sit down and you think about the various tools that are available to you as a GM, whether that's, you know, ICRPG or, or whatever. You, you, there's, there's kind of limitless possibility of tools. I went through, for example, in the sheet that I shared, I went through kind of the GM's guide for ICRPG and plucked out individual tools that were mentioned. And then I categorized them into three different categories or versions to then add onto my control panel, which is my page. The idea is that there are buttons, which is simply something that I can click one and done. If I remember that they're even there, I will click it and I'll use it in a game or use it in the moment. And then once I'm done clicking it, it will be over. It's like kind of one-time use. For example, uh, on my sheet, I have a button called chests. This is a classic ICRPG tool, the ability to hide loot in spaces in the, in the game, but it's hidden behind, you know, you don't know exactly what loot it is, but it's hidden within a chest. And that could have effort involved. It could have just a simple check, whatever. It could be in a dangerous situation, but it's a chest. For me, that's a button. I, If I remember that it's there, or if I realize that it's a good moment to use it, I'll click that button and boop, there comes a chest into the game. But then after that, you may never see a chest again in the rest of the game or in the next three games. So that's a button. Click, in, click to use if you remember that it's there. Followed up by that, kind of the next tier up is a toggle. This is essentially something that you can switch on or off and it's kind of an ongoing thing 
it doesn't necessarily require active use or whatever, but it's something that comfortable enough that if you need it, you'll turn it on, you'll use it, and then when you're done with it, you will turn it off. An example of this one is chunks. I have a, I have a fair, fair handle on chunks, but that doesn't mean I use it in every game. So when I need it, I will toggle chunks on, use it, and then toggle it off. They're not, yeah. It's a ongoing thing for one game or one game or another, and I'll have my toggle. Then the last level is a dial. Okay, these are dials that allow me to have more granular control of what I'm using or what I'm doing. And depending on the situation, I could dial it in or I could dial it out, I could lower it, I could increase it. And these are kind of my main go-to tools. I, I want to be able to use my dials pretty much all the time to fine tune the experience I'm looking for as a GM or as a player or whatever. For example, on my sheet, I have the idea of like timers. Timers, I feel pretty confident that I'm, I'm constantly using timers, whether that's a simple D4 timer for rounds, whether it's something stressful like in turns, maybe I'm using a D8 or a D12 for a world timer, a D20 for the session world timer, an end of game timer. Like there's a lot of variations that I'm really comfortable with. And so timers, is my uh, is, a, is a dial for me, and so I want to constantly be doing that. And so, this is all kind of where I'm going with, uh, and what's available to me right now. So you can kind of look at my my picture, what I shared, my current dungeon master control panel, and these are kind of the tools that stand out to me as what I use and how I use them, and what to what degree I use them. So. Hopefully that makes sense. But now the question becomes, what do you do with this analogy? What what use of it is um, to you as, as a listener or if you want to implement this yourself? Well, the first thing that, I, that is really kind of clutch to this is that this control panel is self-reflective. It requires you to sit down and do some self-reflection and to really understand and grasp what is available to you based off your experience, your knowledge, and whatever. So if you were gonna make your own control panel, you pull out a sheet of paper, you, you get your notes, you sit down at your computer, your tablet, however you wanna do that. I really like sitting down with a piece of paper just cause it can be one and done. And I start thinking about various tools. So if I were to grab the Dungeon Master Guide, I'm gonna like open it up and say, Maybe what I what I can do is, okay, magic. Magic is a tool that I could include more in my game. That's a, that, is a, that is a tool that's available to me. But where does it lie? Well, in a lot of cases, it could be, um, well, let me, before I go into that one, the, that's kind of what I'm touching at is like magic, is the idea of actually getting it onto the board, getting it onto my page. So to do that, the first thing to get it to really get something on your control panel is you actually have to understand it. This is where I think GMs excel at, uh, especially, and where we're constantly doing, we're constantly learning new methods, we're constantly learning new ideas, whether that's coming from different GMs, different players, um, friends uh, from different systems. 
anytime that you feel like you've learned something, you could technically say that that's now on your control panel, but only if you have used it. That's that's kind of the clutch point of it. You can learn about something, but it doesn't actually enter your control panel until you use it. So that's step number one, is if you want something on your control panel, you need to learn about it and then use it. And it's usually starting out as a button. This is a good example of like Shadow Dark right now. Um, I'm learning the system, I have it, I backed the Kickstarter, whatever, I'm excited, I'm hoping to run it for my family, but technically I have never run it. I've never used it. I've never implemented anything from that game. And so Shadow Dark is technically not even on my control panel yet. But um, ICRPG definitely is on there. Not on this paper that I shared with you, but if I were to kind of expand. ICRPG is definitely on there. It's a, definitely a dial for me. Um, low Fantasy Gaming is on there. Uh, basic uh, Castle Falconstein is on, is on there a little bit. D&D? like fifth edition is not on there at all. I don't, don't know it. And that could be a system, it could be a tool. Um, advantage or disadvantage? I don't know if I've actually ever used that. So is it on my control panel? Probably not. And this is why it probably never comes up on in my games ever. Like, do I ever think about using advantage or disadvantage or roll twice, take the higher? No, I, I don't know if I've ever done that in a game. And so it's not even on my board, but maybe it could be. Maybe it could be a tool that I could add to my control panel and use. So step number one is figuring out what is on your control panel and the criteria is, is it a tool that you've used? And once you've used it, you can actually say it's a button, which is you click it and you're done. And so then when it comes to buttons, the trick is like remembering what you have, because I feel like it's really easy to get a ton of buttons on your control panel. I shared earlier as well, if you're imagining like inside out, I know I'm in I'm in deep kid mode right now. So children's movies are at the top of my brain. Don't talk to me how many episodes of Blue's Clues I've watched in the last couple weeks. Luckily Blue's Clues is awesome. Anyways, but think about like inside out, the control panel. Like there is a ton of buttons on on that board. It starts out though with one. So you start with one button and it builds out and it builds out, but you can develop a, a a control panel that has a ton of buttons but then you have to remember to use them all and that's kind of where the difficulty is is having tons of buttons using a lot of variation in your in your game but then you're always clicking different buttons and it can lead to different experiences and and whatever so whatever you need to do to remember that you have those buttons that's the, that's the trick with having tons of buttons remembering that they're there and then using them but the nice thing is, is once you start remembering them, that's when they turn into toggles. So if you know that they're there, you can use them, it's a button, but then once you're remembering they're there and you start using them more consistently and you can kind of turn them on and off purposefully, that's when they'll turn into a toggle. So for me, when it, if I want to turn a button into a toggle, what I really like to sit down and do is like, purposely set up either a short arc or uh, a series of one shots and I'll like purposely say you know what like I want to turn let's say chunks from a button into a toggle I will purposely set up a series of opportunities for me to use chunks whether that's actually doing mech suits or space battles or whatever 
I sit down and have a series of events that lead me to have some experience and practice using chunks. And once I've done that, I've gotten some experience under my belt, I can then transition that button into a toggle. And now I feel much more comfortable that when someone says, hey, do you want to play Fall of Arnor? I'm like, sure, I'll use chunks and I got that prepared and I'm ready to go. And I can just turn it on and we're solid. The thing with toggles though, is that you can have a lot of them too. There's, it's really easy to get a lot of toggles. And the, tr the, the benefit of having toggles is you can turn them on, but then it's also a learning when to turn them on and when to turn them off, right? I don't want to have necessarily a game that I have chunks and I have high level different, you know, variations of combat. I'm using all sorts of treats and all sorts of targets and my hero coins and I've done danger and I've done XYZ and I got all these toggles going on and all these things happening while I'm pushing buttons and tiling in like sometimes you need to be able to turn those toggles off and that's okay if if things are happening too much for you and things are going on like it's okay to turn one of them off for a little bit if you know you have to t decide what's your priority so for example hero coins if it's really hard to remember to use hero coins it is okay to just turn that toggle off and not worry about it. Wait, save it for later. Save it for a moment where you've can, you can turn off a few other dot toggles and you can turn hero coins back on so that you can then practice using that. And maybe it will become easier to just leave that on overall. And as you gain experience as a player or a GM, you can slowly add more and more toggles that are just consistently on and your game slowly becomes more and more dynamic. So then the, from there, how do you turn a toggle into a dial? Well, a dial is understanding the range that's available. That's kind of the benefit of a, of a dial versus a toggle. A toggle is, is kind of like a binary, you have on, off. But a dial, you can have a range between, you know, any variation. It could be a dial from one to three, it could have a dial from one to 10, it could have a dial from one to 100. Your control of that dial determines the variation between the different you know the range it's there so to turn a toggle from a dial turn a toggle into a dial it's one understanding the range of possibility that's that's there uh, for example fantasy let's talk about fantasy as a, as a dial if you believe that the only fantasy that ever exists and that's ever possible is Lord of the Rings well that's not a you know, that's not a wide range of possibilities when it comes to fantasy. Yes, it's kind of a the grandfather of all fantasies in a certain sense, but that doesn't offer a lot of variations. There's a lot of other ways to in introduce fantasy. So maybe your your dial for fantasy, if you're only doing Lord of the Rings style, is from one to three, and it's like, okay, we're gonna dial it in from our fellowship experience, where you know it's a basic wandering. We've got a few dungeons, you know, a few enemies, whatever turning it all the way up to like end of the world big bad Sauron's coming in we've got different players moving around moving around and it can go from there but perhaps if you want to expand it out a little bit further you start learning about different um, different fantasies different things like Lies of Lac Lamora or Name of the Wind style stuff or well, what are some other good uh, fantasies Game of Thrones versus um, something along the lines of what you're thinking of i don't know but you, you, you know, i hope that makes sense so turning a, do, a 
a, a toggle into a dial is starting to push the boundaries of variations that you can introduce. Another one is, for example, your threats in a game, okay? This is where I think if, if you're just having a game that's constantly threatening, that's a toggle, but then your threats become, okay, what if I get threatened my players with not just health damage, like I did, wasn't just threatening them with the, the you know opportunity to die, but what if I was threatening them with the chance that something in the world was going to go bad? Okay, if, if they fail, if they fail, the village is going to be burned or destroyed or, or whatever. Okay, what if I expanded it out and said instead of just threatening them with something bad happening in the world or their own health. What if I threatened their sanity? Okay, I've, I've expanded my dial a little bit further. What if I threatened them with the loss of gear? Okay, that's a dial. That's I can expand my dial a little bit. What if I threaten them with a loss of uh, safety, whatever, or anything? Every time you add a slight variation to that core concept, you're adding a little notch in the dial that you can then turn to and as you're practicing and running games, you can practice dialing in those things and using them. Okay, this time I'm gonna practice threatening them with you know, mental damage. Okay, I gotta practice that. I'm gonna turn the dial to mental damage. I'm gonna try to implement that and I'm gonna get better and better at using mental damage. Okay, this time I feel like it needs to be physical damage. Go from there. Okay, this time it needs to be external. It needs to be internal. It needs to be something story-wise. It needs to be something possibility, you know, anything like that. Every time you add a variation and then practice it, you're getting better at using that dial. And then the benefit is, is once you have multiple dials, you have a lot of variations. You have, okay, I'm going to turn my threats to mental. I'm going to have my timers be really short. I'm going to have my disruption be pretty intense. And we've talked about this in challenge tuning, like this is a variation in challenge tuning as well. But then you introduce, okay, I'm going to have I'm gonna keep it fairly low energy. What is that gonna feel like in my game? Fairly low energy. It's still gonna be fun. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be boring, but like, it's not gonna be pedal to the metal, highfalutin, you know, uh, daring do. We're gonna be. We're gonna take things a little slower pace. We're gonna slow things down. Uh, but you know what? We're also gonna turn turn up the the possibility for. We're gonna turn up RP a little bit. We're gonna turn down combat. Um, but the danger is gonna be really high. And so you can hopefully see that as you turn these dials in different directions and have different combinations of dials, you can get different experiences in your games. And so this, all it takes is turning one dial to one direction, you get something different um, and a variation. And then slowly you're refining your control panel until you find what you like. You get a pretty good set. And then you can, you can be pretty consistent across the board there and then you make make changes whenever you need. So a lot of this comes down to, I know I you know how to do this, what to do. It's a progression system. It's it's developing and working on one thing at a time. But it, it takes practice. That's what this comes down to. Using this visual tool to then identify areas in which you want to practice or in which you want to improve. And I know we've talked about that this is a game we don't always have to be improving, but when you are looking at it, it can be helpful to be self-reflective and identify, this is where I'm at currently, and when I'm ready, I'm gonna choose something to then work on.
as well as like the last the like once you finalize kind of moving things from getting on the board adding a button moving it to a toggle moving it to a dial you can then kind of start the process over over again um, you can see in my image there I there's gonna be blank space like what's what come what controls to add next so I could add in more more uh, more buttons and more stuff to start with and work on those or I can work on upgrading my toggles to dials or my buttons and where and so this is just an ongoing process uh, while I'm seeing that Torn is writing what I was gonna say before my brain just melted on me was that like I said, this this came from my fencing experience. This came from how I teach my fencing students um, as a as a tool. But it it's it kind of just really focuses in on your desires uh, and and everything. Like your your control panel is custom to you, and it's okay. And it's and there's no there's no obligation or expectation that your control panel has to be the same as someone else's. And so focusing in on certain elements that you enjoy, that you like, and then making those more prominent in your air in, in your skill set, your dials that you want versus your buttons, like there is no requirement that you have to have the same control panel as someone else. And the benefit of and really what you should be more proud of is that you have a control panel at all. The fact that you have set out a control panel and that you have an ability to dial in and think through this stuff in your own way makes it unique to you, makes it something so that your the people who experience your gaming, your GMing, or you as a player um, benefit from that unique experience rather than having the cookie cutter thing. And so I would encourage you to be proud of whatever control panel you have, continually to work on what you want to do, and then even come up with the your GM version because um, in fencing I did this where it's like uh, like have a control panel for like physical skills like when we're sword when we're fencing and sword fighting it's like have a control panel for what you can do while you're in the middle of a fight like ching 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 you know I can use a block I can use a strike and I can strike their toes versus their head I, I can do all those kind of things but also have a mental one in fencing and so for for GMing and for gaming have one that is for a GM have your GM control panel, but then also come up with one as a player, having something where you have a control panel for things that you do when you're a GM versus a uh, a player. I know for me, both uh, GM and player would have the button, button, mind you, of, of character voice. That is not something that I do very often. I If I remember to hit that button, I may have a an accent or uh, intonation to my voice, but most of the time it's not being pushed. It's quite dusty and spiderwebby. But yeah, that was what I was going to say. So thank you for being patient with my brain belt. Let's look at what Torn had to say. Is there a distinction between a slider and a dial in your brain? A slider might be something you turn up or down while a dial is focusing on a specific aspect. In my head, in this example, no, a slider and a dial are the same essential concept. Um, I just used a dial because if you look at the picture, um, a dial is visually different than a toggle. And so um, a, a slider or, a, or a, a dial can be the same thing. And it's not just like a dial has to be, I turn it to mental damage and then I turn it to physical damage. Like it can be, this is threats 
it's going to be low threat on the on the one side, and I'm going to dial it up to high threat. So dials, sliders, however you want to think about it, it's the same concept. It's having a range that you can then control. So yeah, so so like um, um, so like you're saying, disruption could become a slider. Yes, just like uh, Hankerin shared on his challenge tuning video on Runehammer, it's a slider. He has a slider from one to six where he moves it up. Same thing, your disruption can become a slider or a dial and then you're slowly turning low disruption to high disruption and your ability to control that more granularly than just having it on or off or pushing it occasionally is what's, what's important to the concept. Good question. Part of why I like to do this visually is, and like we're saying, um, Doing it as, as that thinking exercise is, I just like to make it visual. So you have your buttons and just, it, the arrangement doesn't matter. You could make it matter, but it doesn't. And you can vary it up. You can have your sliders and whatever. Um, but yeah, sitting down and just writing this out uh, can be really helpful. As we're wrapping up um, without, you know, any other additional, you know, discussion, uh, what I wanted to challenge all of you here and then anyone who's listening in the future is to sit down and work through this. Uh, I will have a live stream probably you know later this week to demonstrate this in real time, but I would highly recommend that you sit down and you do this as a thinking exercise. It's a great thing to sit down in the morning or in the evening um, and to go from just figuring out what works for you and what works, you know, what's on your control panel. Jade asked a really good question. I noticed that the RP control is a button, not a dial. Why is that? It's because RP for me in my games is a button. <laughs> it's something that I have to remember to push into my game. And like a lot of the times I'll just go and I'll rely on players to RP, but a lot of the times I have to I have to like purposely remember have a moment for RP, push the button. Have a moment for RP, push the button. Hey, remember to have an NPC that the players can talk to. RP role play like this is the role playing game why can't i push that button more often that's why it's a button because it is not a uh, a focus of my current games but it's something that i want to turn into a toggle at some point so my plan of attack for that would be setting up some games that are much more rp focused i'm experiencing that right now in the purdue games where uh, my the the adventures the the sessions so far the two that we've had have been much more RP focused and it's pushing it's pushing me a lot uh, stretching me out uh, but it's still a button I'm still not confident enough to say that I can just turn it on and leave it so that's why RP is a button not a dial but for other people RP is a dial with a thousand notches and I commend them for that. <laughs> Good question. But overall, my encouragement to you guys is sit down, work through this this exercise, try it for yourself, and share them with the kiln or with each other, um, however you wish, or keep it yourself like uh, no pressure. Uh, but I really have found that this exercise has helped helped me as a GM. I've seen it in other applications. Like I said, this has helped my fencing students a ton. This I know that this can help you as a GM or as a player. Uh, and it's helped me as well. So definitely try to sit down and work through this uh, for yourself and come up with what your own Dungeon Master control panel is. And then make plans on how to 
get a few more dials on there or add a few more buttons or whatever you wish to add to your control panel. But for now, I think let's head back to uh, some projects in the kiln. Got lots going on, whether that's our own personal projects or the community project. I'm really happy with what's going on there. Um, and we will catch you guys later. Thanks everybody.